Hey, what's going on? And thank you for tuning into this week's LinkedIn Live social media winning at work, a career boosting conversations with HR's leading voices. And we've been having great conversations. You as employee and as a leader of a team can win at work. This week is no different. I'm joined by Lori Rudiman. And Lori is a LinkedIn learning instructor, author of Betting on You from Henry Holt out January 12th. And if there's anyone who epitomize confidence in the workplace, it's Lori Rudiman. So Lori, thanks for joining us on the show. Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. And Joey, you could ask me to help you move. And I would say yes, <laughs> but you didn't ask me to help. So that tells me a lot about our friendship. Well, you know, now I'll file that away for uh, the next time I move, which hopefully will be like in 20 years because- yes. After the move I just had, I'm like, I know why people do this maybe two times or three times in a lifetime. Because oh, yeah. it's, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. My wife was supposed to, I'm telling on her, but my wife was supposed to purchase a massage for me and I haven't gotten it yet. But I think she's trying to cop out with COVID and um, say, well, maybe we'll get it later. But I'm like, my body hurts now. I, I, I need this. I need this now. Oh my goodness. You're brave if you get a massage during COVID, let me tell you. <laughs> I know. What what does that even what does that even look like? Do you have to wear a mask? I mean, I would I would imagine you do. I hope you do. I but, would um, imagine they massage you through the hazmat suit. We are way off target already. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of year it's been where two HR pros can talk about uh, getting massages with masks on 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 LinkedIn <laughs> and live stream. Sure. <laughs> but, but that's the relationship we have. That's the friendship we have. So for those of you that are tuning in, uh, Lori is just incredibly dynamic. We have VR Maddox. Hey, VR, thanks for tuning in on LinkedIn. I see you. I want to wave hello. Uh, we're, we're just going to have a conversation here about confidence at work. As I mentioned, Lori is a uh, an author and she has a new book coming out in January called Betting on You. And what better topic to talk about in this climate, right? Where so much is changing and so much is going on that's uncertain, where I feel like the the only thing you can be certain about is things that you can control. That's right. Really well said, Joey. You know, for years we have said institutions are failing people, but this year, for better and for worse, we've really seen how some institutions fail, whether it's work, whether it's the institution of human resources that was made to and created to really protect workers. They have failed us there, whether it's the federal government. I mean, everything that we believed in has really failed us in 2020, except what we bring to the table. So I wrote a book about leadership, about self-leadership, about confidence, about really prioritizing your well-being and your right to continuous learning throughout your whole life. I wrote it in a good economy. It's gonna come out in a bad economy. So I think if anything, the lessons are more important than ever. And I'm super excited to talk about all of that today, Joey, self-leadership, well-being, learning, risk-taking. Let's bring it on because all of that is part of confidence. Yeah, and, and let's make this personal and practical. So Lori, are there some defining moments in your career where you gained that confidence that you can now help share with the world? And do you care to talk about maybe one of those moments? Yeah, there are plenty of moments in my life where I've gotten things wrong, but there was one moment while I was a human resources manager 
working for a company called Pfizer. And I include the story in my book because it was just so life-changing. I was at an airport on my way to lay off people and I'm grabbing Pepsi and Starburst for dinner. And I'm sneezing and my back hurts and I'm reading in Us Weekly and I'm feeling miserable, wondering why Miley Cyrus and all these other people have great careers, great lives, and I'm so miserable. And I had this epiphany that all of those individuals in that magazine, A, were terrible, but B, they prioritize themselves. And the very company that I work for, Pfizer, didn't have imposter syndrome. It didn't say, oh, I had a bad childhood, so I'm gonna let Novartis take this quarter. Pfizer always prioritized its organizational well-being. They always had money for the things they needed to do. And when they didn't, they reconfigured the organization. Why couldn't I do that in my own life? Why couldn't I prioritize not only survival, but thriving? And in that moment at the airport, looked at my Pepsi, looked at my Starburst, and I thought, never again. I am not doing this anymore. Now, that's the easy part. The hard part is, how do you prioritize physical, emotional, financial well-being? How do you take a risk and have it pay off? How do you double down on learning so that you're always growing and you're always thriving? That's the kind of stuff I covered in my book. And that's a journey of a lifetime. No self-help book or guru is going to teach you how to do this in three steps. It's really about being vulnerable, being curious and going on your own journey of self-discovery. Yeah, that's so good. And I love that you said the big organization does it. So why can't I do it for myself? What are some of the things that, that get in the way of people getting that sort of confidence? Well, that's a real good question. I'm going to say that there are um, there are platitudes that I can give all day long about confidence. But I also recognize there are systemic reasons why individuals try to prioritize their well-being, try to prioritize things in their life, and they can't. You know, organizations reflect humanity, reflect society. There's still racism, sexism, homophobia, ableism, transphobia, all, all of it. All of it still exists. So for me to be at an airport and say, oh, I'm going to start to prioritize my well-being and I'm going to slack off a little bit and only give 80% so I can keep a little of the good stuff for me is different for me than it may be for somebody else who had a different journey, a different fight just to get where they are. But I still think that we have an obligation, no matter who we are and where we are in our lives, to try, to try to be our very best. And we know a couple of things about performance. We know you need nutritious food. We know you need sleep. We know you need happiness and joy. You cannot be your best at work unless you're best in your other aspects at life. So for me, whenever someone comes to me now and says, Lori, I hate my job, I'm overwhelmed, I'm immersed in conflict and drama, we put work to the side actually and we start to examine are they eating? Are they sleeping? Do they have good relationships? Are they living according to their values? Do they even know what those values are? Because I think if you invest in yourself, it has a carryover effect to work. A lot of people go to work first, they try to fix work. I think that's the wrong way. So the journey to prioritizing yourself really starts with getting quiet and asking those very basic questions that Joey, you and I have been teaching in webinars for years yeah. around values, around mission, around vision, but for yourself, for your own identity, and not for your organization. Gloria, I, I think we, we don't have to say any more after, after the mic drop that you just had. But the, the reality is, this is a teachable moment, not just for the employee, but for managers as well. And even managers of large teams, because so often we think 
if work isn't being done, if productivity isn't happening, it's because people have lost sight of the mission. But when reality, people need to just find ways to recharge within themselves. And so maybe getting a better output out of someone is saying, hey, take half a day on Friday or come in later on Tuesday or do whatever it is you need from a self-care standpoint in order to show up better at work. I think we get that confused, but now's a great time to write the messaging on that. Well, you and I agree so much on this. And I think, you know, the other thing we can do is we can stop assuming that just because someone isn't productive at work, it means they have a character deficiency or a character flaw. They may be unproductive because the world is a trash heap out there, right? They may be unproductive because the job we're asking them to do is actually a BS job. So I think we often have the wrong conversation. We link productivity and output with an individual's skills, competencies, and character, but it's like a mismatch. It's like the wrong conversation to be having. When someone, I'll I'll share this with you. When I was an HR manager and someone would say, oh, this person isn't performing, I would pull that person in my office and have a very human conversation. And oftentimes you learn so much crazy stuff about them. Their grandmother is sick. They're dealing with childhood trauma that's reemerged in their lives. They're tired. They're exhausted. Their kids are a wreck. Maybe their kids are special needs and they're dealing with that. And when you start to peel back that onion, you really learn that work problems are very rarely work problems. They are human problems. But We don't, for whatever reason, have the patience to do that or really the interest in doing that. I I think it's a real flaw in late stage capitalism. I haven't solved for it, but I'm starting to call it out more. Well, I think you're on the right track calling it out. And the more awareness you bring to it, the more others will say, you know what? That's going on in my organization, too. And maybe we don't have the answers today, but let's keep plugging along at it and seeing what can come up. Really well said. I agree. I think that's a good point. You know, one of the things I love about the HR community that you and I kind of dip in and out of and thrive is that it's really based on this concept of what my friend Lars Schmidt calls open source, right? And the more we share, the more we make available both our challenges and our successes, our losses and our victories, the more we'll learn and we'll start to get some true best practices instead of consulting best practices. And those best practices are just meant to sell products and services. I'm ready for an HR department that's empowered, enabled, transparent, all the buzzwords, but we are that because we're sharing amongst ourselves. That's my dream for this community. Yeah, I love it. Jumpstart HR is changing the face of the HR industry with their outsourcing, project consulting, and phone support. Enabling startups and small businesses to outsource their HR needs from anywhere in the U.S., from new business and legal compliance to employee performance management and outplacement services. Within the business community, Jumpstart HR is a trusted and reliable service. In fact, companies like Forbes, HR.com, and Inc. Magazine have all featured Jumpstart HR for their easy-to-use, hourly, monthly, and on-call support that is tailored specifically to each client's needs. This saves clients like you a lot of time and money. To learn more, schedule your free HR evaluation today at jumpstart-hr.com contact. 
And I, that's my dream too. Lars is a champion with open source and getting us all together to get bright minds together. And not only just bright minds, but diverse minds as well, because there are often uh, communities and thought leaders that are that are overlooked. I know one of the things that's important to you is making sure that people are represented at work and they're able to show up at work and show, bring their full selves. How much more confident do you think people are when they're able to, to be accepted at work? Yeah. I mean, it just makes all the difference. And I'm not someone who's naive enough to say, bring your whole self to work because I don't want your terrible aspects, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't want Goodness. I don't want I, I don't want your bad breath when we go back in the office or right? <laughs> any of that. But what I want you to be is generous when somebody irritates you. And I want that other person to be generous when you irritate them. I want us to all realize that work is not your worth. Let me let me say that again, because I believe it. What you do for work is not your worth. In fact, companies are lucky when you take time out of your day, when you bring your expertise to work. And they're lucky too when you can leave it and go home and do other things in your life because the goodness of your other life carries over to work. I mean, it's this weird ecosystem. So I really feel that individuals can absolutely thrive when they're sh when they show up, when they're allowed to be present in an environment that appreciates them for being human and they're not afraid or fearful. And I think that's the key right there. There's so many cultures that lie and underneath have these microcultures that are based on fear, aggression, transgression, hierarchies that make no sense. The stakes have never been lower and they're making everything a big deal. I think those days are hopefully coming to an end, but I don't know. I said that a decade ago and here we are. It's amazing how, how fast the world moves and how slow the world moves at the same time. Yes. And that sounds crazy to say, but to your point, there's been... I would say a lot of progress, but not enough in areas that matter most for not only employees, but people in general. Let's have some fun. What What are you reading these days? What, what's what got you excited these days? Tell us all, a little bit about what's going on. All kinds of stuff. You know, I have, um, so I have my iPad right here and I've got a million books on there that I've started. And then I go to Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> And I just read an article about why it's so hard to focus on books, which is really interesting because I'm about to sell a book in this market. Mm -hmm. And our attentions are fractured like they've never been before. And our brains are so saddled with stress hormones that the act of getting quiet and reading is a real challenge. So one of the things I'm doing to kind of calm my brain down is I've reinvested in my mindfulness. And that's been the thing I think that's been helping a little bit more, helping with my sleep, helping with my performance. I mean, that and frankly, being off the road and not drinking also helps me quite a bit. <laughs> being home and being more mindful and spending 10 minutes a day just trying to calm my thoughts, I am hoping will have carryover effect because I truly have about eight books that I need to get done. But I'm so excited for 2021 because we mentioned my good friend, Lars Schmidt. He's got a book coming out in 2021. Mariah Carey just published a book that I want to read. It's on my Kindle. You know, Lenny Kravitz has wow. a book out that I want to read. So they're like pop culture books and HR books. And I just need to quiet my brain. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And uh, for those who follow Lori on social, you, you do quite a bit of nature walks and beach trips and things. And whenever I see you do those, you know, I feel like it's an opportunity to get the creative juices flowing, to think, to to quiet yourself. So I, I commend you for not only just, you know, coming on platforms like this and, and talking about ways to help people live 
better lives and be more confident, but you're actually living it out too. So that, that's huge. It's so, it's so challenging, right? I mean, the days just flip by and I don't even have children and suddenly it's five o'clock and I'm like, oh my God, I need a walk. But there's so much good research between the act of walking and hiking and creative output that I feel as if I would be missing out. Like I wouldn't be doing the world a service. I wouldn't produce the work that I produce if I didn't do this kind of stuff. It also helps that I live just a couple of hours from the beach so I can go away for a night, even for a day and just be in the car and have a wonderful trip. But I think there are a lot of individuals out there who don't have the privilege that I do of stepping away from their family or living this kind of life. But, you know, I also canceled my Facebook account, right? Did I mean, you? there's Yeah, yeah. Was it there's, after, before or after the social dilemma? It was, it was after. It was actually after <laughs> my mom. My mom just got into a fight with some family members on Facebook and I went, I'm done. I'm, oh, like, God. I'm, yeah. done. I'm so done. But um, I have to say, It's not just Facebook, right? It's not just Twitter. It's the world. We need to be more productive with our time. And I have a business coach by the name of Jesse Itzler. And Jesse hammers on me that true executives and creative professionals are scheduled. He really believes this. They don't have zero days where they're like, what did I get done? They know what they're doing ahead of time, the day before, a week before, a month before. So Jesse has this big methodology with a big wall calendar and it's really rigorous. I've not been able to follow it that rigorously, but I always know what I'm doing the next day, the night before. And I always look for opportunities to cancel meetings. Like that is the number one life hack. The night before, look at your calendar. There's gotta be at least one thing you can cancel. Reclaim that time. And often that's when I go on my walks. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. VR has been in the chat and uh, she says, I just rolled out my confidence coaching vertical and it's nearly overtaken by my other services. It's really needed, especially now. And she says yay to canceling Facebook. But (laughs) (laughs) VR, I'm with you. You know, I have been um, just lightly coaching around self-leadership for a lot of years and LinkedIn approached me and said, you know, we've got some stuff about individual accountability, but not a curriculum on self-leadership. And I really think this is something that you'll tap into to in 2021, this individual ability to control your own career, your feelings, thoughts, and actions, to be in charge of yourself, no matter who the boss is around you, this is very not only on trend for 2021, but needed because so many of us are working remotely and individually. There's no team around to just bounce ideas off of or to bump into. We've got to be able to work from home and work independently. So this idea of you know uh, self-leadership or confidence coaching is going to be more important than ever. So congratulations, VR. That's awesome. Yeah. And she says, I agree with Jesse. If it's not on there, it doesn't happen. So for sure. Absolutely. So I, you, you mentioned that uh, we're, we don't have the employees to walk around and keep us accountable. And, and if we really want to be productive and marketable and sane, right, we've got to have some self-leadership. What advice would you give? Um, and I'll just throw out some profiles here for the next few minutes. But for the person who just graduated college, they're going into the workforce or they're new in the workforce. And they're like, I just stepped into this Zoom economy. And this is strange. What are some tips you'd have to be confident in yourself when you won't even shake hands with the people you're with. I know. I feel so bad for new graduates, but I have to tell you, every crop of graduates experiences 
a challenge in the workplace. You know, some of us lived through 9-11. That happened when I was very new in my career. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's the Great Recession. There's always something happening that defines a generation in terms of the world of work. So know this, this won't be forever. You know, people say, oh, we're going to permanently working from home. Nothing is permanent. Absolutely nothing in this world. And in fact, more and more workers are saying, you know what? I would at least like to move to a hybrid model if I can. Mm -hmm. So the idea of just hanging in there and recognizing that today isn't tomorrow is going to be your best asset. I also think finding someone who's been around the block and just saying to them, I need some help. I need to talk like once a week, once a month. I just need to connect with you and talk about the insanity in my new job. Find that de facto mentor or friend, whatever you want to call them, and really use that time wisely to ask the questions you would never ask in public. That's what I would do. In fact, that's what I do now. I've got a mentor for this. I've got a book mentor. I've got a speaking mentor. I've got a million different people in my life that I can go to privately so that publicly I look like I have my act together. I mean, most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of the time you, you've got it all together. And uh, I, I have to say thank you for being one of those people that I can reach out to for various things thank and you. being accountable to my, to my growth and development as a leader. What about confidence for the professional who has some years in the game? Maybe they they were looking to get out of the workforce, but for because of the economy and the uncertainty, you know, they're, they're hanging on, but maybe there's doubt in their head about, am I still valuable? Do my, does my employer like me? What advice would you have for someone who's a senior leader, a senior professional who wants to continue to be a game changer at work? Yeah. You know, it's easy to tell people you should quit. And a lot of people do quit and they say, I'm going to be a consultant. <laughs> and that is terrible. Don't do that unless you really have a drive and a desire to be poor for the next three years. Like, do not be a consultant. Like, you don't want to do that. But and I think that's if, you if you're good. <laughs> good point. That's that uh, hockey stick. You know, three years. Uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Joey and I were just talking. I need a new computer. And even I, like as confident as I am, I'm like, I think I might hang on to this computer for a little while. I really feel like if you can't quit your job and you're a little worried, you should quit some other things like quit the self-doubt. You can yeah. work on that. Like that's within you to fix that. You could talk to your EAP, talk to a therapist, talk to a minister. You could quit the internal competition you have with people that's making you feel not so good. You can just quit a little bit showing up, back off your work. Nobody's going to notice if you work 85% instead of 100% and use that extra 15% to learn something new because when you're learning something new, you're on fire. But you should definitely quit obsessing about your job and obsess about something else. That's how you regain your confidence. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm doing a, a presentation tomorrow. And part of it, I'll talk about my illustrious career as a cross country runner. And I did it in high school. But one of the things you learn about running is that you, you don't hit every pace 100%. You know, not every stride is 100. You have to preserve yourself in certain ways. And so if you're looking to have longevity in your career and in your lifestyle, you, you can't go hard all the time. You have to be able to pull back a bit. Hey, Wendy, see, I hey, see Wendy. you jumped on late. Happy to see you. You, you see the shirt? the shirt? Lori's got her <laughs> uh, shirt on there. So awesome. I love the uh, the support of Gotta uh, show fellow love podcasters. to your fellow podcasters, right? You know. For sure. Yeah. For sure. It's all love. All love. Um, we'll leave some room for some other questions if people have questions that they want to drop in the chat. Wendy says, yes, stop obsessing about your job. And totally, right? Because there's that old cliche of when it's time for you to pass on, you know, people aren't going to be at your funeral talking about Jeremy was a great 
senior manager or, you know, Carol was such, you know, the best accountant that the world's ever seen. They're going to talk about the moments that mattered in, in your life and the relationships that you had. And so if we would just focus more on those, I think we'd have a, a healthy, healthy balance. I think you're so right. Like I always want to talk to people about who they are and what they stand for, because when you again, another old platitude, when you stand for something, you won't fall for anything, right? So mm -hmm. what do you stand for? Are you someone who works with integrity? Well, if you work with integrity and you know what you believe to be true and you hear office gossip, you're gonna be like, I know that's trash. I gotta get this work done, right? Yeah. Very few of us are born independently wealthy, but all of us are born with critical thinking skills. And if we apply them to our attitude, to the way we interact in the world, work could be so much more palatable, so productive, so much more interesting, actually. But when we come to work with our neuroses, with our hangups, with ego, as Cy Wakeman would say, that's really when work starts to break down. So again, when I talk about work, I always say we fix work, fix it by fixing ourselves. Those things within us that we need to work on that crop up at work aren't work's fault. They're our fault. So mm -hmm. that's just what I believe, Joey. I believe it too. And I'm a big fan of your podcast. Definitely want to leave some space to talk about that. Also over in the chat, we've got some questions about punk rock. BR is like, what did I miss? Sounds cool. Can you talk about punk rock HR and some of the merch that you have and your pod, some of the ways that folks can get in contact with you? Well, you know, years ago when I started out working in human resources, I had a shaved head and piercings and, you know, I'm tattooed and I had a director say to me, who do you think you are? Punk rock HR? And I was like, no, I don't, I'm not in HR. This is just a job, you know? And yeah. then all these years later, here I am. And I told my friend Chris Dunn that story. And he said, if you don't buy the domain Punk Rock HR right now, I'm going to buy it and sell it to you for $5,000. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to go on GoDaddy and I'm going to buy it. And it turns out it was a real asset. You know, I moved away from it in my late 30s because I thought I'm too old to be Punk Rock. But it's a good name for a podcast and it really captures my ethos that the system is corrupt. You can't fix the system. All you can do is fix yourself. And if anything, fighting against the system is the interesting part because if you, if you fight against it and you change it, you not only improve your own work environment, but you fix it for others, which is why, Joey, I say this all the time, HR professionals who are obsessed with employee experience should fix their own employee experience <laughs> and then worry about everybody yes. else. If they fixed yes. daycare, if they fixed work-life balance, if they fixed all the things that bother them, yep. their workforce would be so happy. Yep. But instead we have these like esoteric programs, right? Just fix childcare, you know? <laughs> That's it. That's all you have to do, and you're a winner. So we make it overly complicated. It doesn't need to be. So anyway, that's the attitude I bring on Punk Rock HR on my podcast. And yeah, I'm selling some merch to benefit a local animal rescue called Safe Haven for Cats that helped me out when I foster kittens, and I just love them. So yeah, that's what that's what that's all about. Thank you for asking. Yeah, definitely. Uh, VR said she loves it. She just shaved the sides and the back of her head, so. That is so retro. I think about doing that all the time, but I'm, I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's 2020. So many things are happening. You know, I say, why not? Why not? Why not go. have an undercut and a shaved head when I'm 45? That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lori, I mean, I wish I could talk to you all day, but I know you've got a ton of other important things to do. So it's been a pleasure. I thank you for being on Winning at Work and uh, definitely for sharing your your, your vision for a better world and more confident 
not only just workforce, but individuals. How can people get in contact with you? What are some cool projects that you want to share with the world? And uh, we'll be sure to drop some links in the show notes uh, to get to your pre-order and for your website. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I want to encourage everybody to go check out my two courses on LinkedIn. They dropped yesterday and today. And in my Twitter feed, I have a, and on LinkedIn as well, I have a code that you can get a free month of LinkedIn learning. So why pay? We're in a recession and a pandemic. And trust me, I am punk rock this way. I love LinkedIn, but they can afford to give you a free month of LinkedIn learning. So you use that code. Look at me. Look at all the other good courses out there. I'm on there a couple times a week whenever I can't figure something out. So check it out and I hope you enjoy it. And Joey, thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk about my stuff. Lori, my pleasure. My pleasure. There's always something fun and exciting to talk about with you. And you're just a fun person. So I really enjoy chatting with you. I miss you. You be safe. I miss you too. I miss you too. I'm not moving anytime soon, but I will (laughs) ask you to help with some random stuff. Maybe you can help me rake my backyard. How about that? I mean, we're friends. We're friends, but I've never raked anything in my life. (laughs) I got married for that, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, see you all next week, same time, 4 p.m. Eastern here on LinkedIn Live. Uh, Have a great rest of your week and keep winning at work. Thank you.